When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this Wednesday morning as we halfway through the week are putting the bow on Jacksonville State this past weekend and turning our attention to Vanderbilt coming up on Saturday. Kickoff at noon, which of course you can listen to right here on the game. Pre-game coverage starting with myself and Terry Ford 7 a.m. out at the party lot at Sound Images on Bluff Road. And as much as we want to turn our attention to this weekend, unfortunately, this is becoming a thing when it comes to Coach Beamer's press conferences on Tuesday. There's still this lingering from what was said over the weekend, especially when it comes to some of the emotional responses that Coach Beamer has to things. And this past weekend was him, you know, talking about the the negativity surrounding Saturday's win from a lot of people within the fan base. And um, he doubled down on that a little bit in his opening statement in his press conference yesterday. Here's what Coach Beamer had to say. Hope that nobody walked out of that stadium just unhappy. The As ugly as it might have been, the Gamecocks won the football game Saturday, guys. And there's a lot of teams across the country that did not win their football game on Saturday. And that was the point I was trying to make. And if we won on a beautiful Saturday afternoon and you were unhappy and miserable, then you probably do need to find some joy and and celebrate wins a little bit more as well. But I'm a guy that's always going to celebrate wins. I've been a part of teams where uh, the head coach walked in the locker room after a win and absolutely blistered that team, and they didn't win a game the rest of the year. And I said that I will never do that as a head coach. Are we going to hold them accountable? Did I tell them in the locker room Saturday that we need to be a whole lot better and that we were nowhere near our best and that we got a lot to clean up? Yes, but we're also going to celebrate and never walk out of a locker room feeling like we lost the football game. And I got posed this question earlier when I brought this clip up of, well, if you don't want to talk about it, why are you talking about it? I'm talking about it because Coach Beamer was talking about it yesterday. And again, this is becoming a theme with him. And look, we know that he's on social media. We know he pays attention to what is said and he's aware of what the perception around his team is. There's no ignoring that. I just hate that it comes to this point where we're still having to have these conversations halfway through the week about something like this. I think it's important to remember, you know, Shane Beamer wears his emotions on his sleeve, right? So when we're trying to think about this and, and, and parse it and everything, you know, after games, win or loss, uh, there have been a lot of occasions where Beamer's going to say some things um, that that may require clarification. Now, if you like that, fine. If you don't like it, that's also fine, you know, to have an opinion on that. Um, these coaches don't have a very long cooling off period before the game or after the game, I'm sorry. And it kind of goes back to, since we were talking about it yesterday, the Steve Spurrier clip that's been circulating from, what, the 2014 Vanderbilt game afterwards. Would Spurrier have said what he said during a Tuesday press conference instead of right after the game? I don't know. He's Steve Spurrier. He might. He he, he maybe prob- he probably he would. probably would. But like a <laughs> little bit coaches. a little bit toned down, maybe. Sure, right. Sure. And so, you know, when you think about Beamer, you've got the uh remember the 
the, they've got, you know, 55 five-star, you know, defensive linemen or whatever, you know, from the Georgia game a couple years ago. There, there are a lot of different things like that that sometimes he's going to say, and that has led to some, I guess, the need for some clarifying statements. And um, the, the thing about that I've noticed, and it's not just in the sports world, and you can have an opinion on whether he should have said it, shouldn't have said it, should have said something in between, that's totally fine, fair game. But something I have noticed is we are in this, like, uh, clip era. We all do clips. Wes and I do clips for our job. Sure. You know, like, it's part of it. They're important. They're great for social media. They're great for content. And people like watching them. But what we see often, it happens in sports, it happens in politics, all different types of things, is you'll get a clip of something, and that's what hits. That's what goes viral. That's what people remember. And so even on Saturday... There was a bit of clarification even in that press conference right after the game. On Sunday night, we already talked about this. On Sunday night, there was clarification. Tuesday's kind of the big one, right? It's, you're going to pay more attention to the post-game clip of something that's said. You're going to pay more attention to the Tuesday press conference than Sunday night or even something else that was said on Saturday. So, um, yeah, I think part of it is, yes, Beamer's saying some things after the game. Um it's an emotionally charged sport, and that's kind of how he is. But then you pair that with, hey, if you say something in a press conference, good, bad, in between, it it might go viral. It might get picked up. Clips are not good for context. No, not at all. Content, not context. 95% of people aren't watching the entire 30-minute press conference. That's right. No. And so, also, I feel like a clip is going to be – interpreted by the mindset of whatever mindset that person is in, so to speak. So if you're ticked off, that there, there's a cooling off period for a fan after a game too. So if you're ticked off about the game, you're like, man, we didn't play well. And then you hear your head coach say, well, you should still be happy. And I don't care if that's exactly what he said or not, you're going to interpret that you're going to interpret that in your head however you're going to interpret it. So you, it, it may not be the time for you to hear that, Sure, I think. Well, and the people that skew negative are usually the loudest ones. They're usually the ones that have the most to say because they're going to continue to rehash the fact that they are upset about whatever it may be. The fans that, and we've kind of been talking about this week, splitting up the fans into three categories for Saturdays. When you, you have the fans on one side that are, hey, we won, great, that's all I need. No, nothing more. You have the fans in the middle. Yeah, we won. Areas of concern. Clean that up. But hey, I'm glad we won. And then you have the fans on the other side that still aren't thrilled we no lost. matter what. Well, hey, <laughs> yeah. we basically lost. It was only a 10-point win against Jacksonville State. Those fans are going to be the loudest because they typically have the most to say. And again, it's those kind of fans that know that Beamer pays attention to what they say and know that they get under his skin that are going to continue to fuel that fire because they know they're being heard. I feel like this also goes back to the discussion last week with Joyner and him saying that the message to the team was find some joy. And I think there should be, there will be, there always is a difference between maybe how a fan can interpret something or react to something versus how you do how you react to something within the confines of your team. And and I think, you know, part of the other clip from Beamer there was him saying, 
is it is okay in his mind for a fan to have criticisms about the game, have criticisms about decisions within the game. And so the other thing we know about social media is it's not a place for, for much nuance. And so I think the nuance here is if if you're a fan who just has a problem with the game and what you witnessed and the product on the field, I think that's completely fine. That is 100% your right to feel that way, um, especially if you're putting your hard-earned money to go to the games and you're planning your entire weekend around getting to Columbia and you're just not feeling fulfilled by what you see. However, where I draw the line is when the a fan takes it to the next level and says, well, why is this team celebrating this win in the locker room? So you as a fan don't have – you don't have to do anything, frankly. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think you're helping anybody by being only negative on social media, but still, it is your right. But I think the line is when you tell the team how they have to react because <laughs> – they worked too freaking hard all year long to try to get these opportunities, which is something Beamer kept pointing to. You work way too too hard, way too long to not enjoy it when you do go win a game. Especially a game, you're down by seven points in the second half. Let's not forget, you could have lost the game. So I, I think we should all celebrate our victories in life, so I, I have no problem whatsoever with the team saying, "Look, we're celebrating all wins, no matter what they look like." Sure. And Rattler brought this up to you yesterday in the Garden Trust Hour. Winning's hard. I mean, yeah, you're hard. favored in that game. You should win that game. That doesn't mean it's going to come easy. You still got to go out there and execute. And you're celebrating the fact that you went out there, you did your job, and you got a win for the first time in a month and a half on Saturday. Yeah, and I, and I think there's a difference between. I I actually think. I mean, it's kind of hard to disagree no matter where you fall on this. Um, no matter how you fe- felt about the game performance or how uh, how you should feel after the game or what Beamer said or his philosophy, but it, it's, it's kind of hard to disagree with when you win, you should be happy that you won, right? It, that could be relief. It can be joy. Like, it could be all, uh, all these things. And you, can, and you also should say, how do we get better, right? If you beat a team by 30 if you walk in and say guys we got it all figured out probably gonna lose the next week so so I think it's actually pretty fair and it makes a lot of sense to see it that way right we're, we're not gonna act like we lost a football game when we didn't you know and and it's not the same as remember when Steve Spurrier got so put out by folks clapping after they narrowly lost to Auburn in what was that 2006 Mm-hmm. It's a great performance overall, given where the program was. It was a sign that man, this team seems to be getting better. Like like Steve Spurrier is going to do some things here, but Spurrier got up there and said, "Why are we clapping? We lost." You know, if they would have won by three or one, or as ugly as it might have been, then you clap. Nobody has a problem with the clapping then, right? And right. and I think I saw I can't properly credit it, but somebody. Um, on social media, in the midst of all the uh, the Steve Spurrier Vanderbilt 2014 stuff, said something that I thought was was great, and it was sometimes when coaches get up and say things, and that could be positive or negative, 
it it kind of just validates, and this goes back to what Wes was saying, it might make you feel good because it validates it. So if you thought the team was awful sure. and that and you know, fire and brimstone and a coach does that, you're saying great. But what you have to think about is it's different for a fan or a media person. They're we're not the ones that have to be in the locker room, mm-hmm. right? So how do you keep the team together? How do you keep the team engaged? What does the team need? And there, there's a right and wrong answer to that, right? Sure. And so the good coaches are the ones that can that can walk that line. Did y'all see uh, Sean Elliott's rant after that loss to James Madison over the weekend? Doggone, yep. Oh, Oof. yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, that, that, was, that was on brand, though. I, yeah. I think, I, okay, here's the other thing. Be, be who you are. Sure. Shane, Shane Beamer... Being who he is. I mean, Sean Elliott also <laughs> definitely be, being who 100%. he is. And they yeah. had to uh, bust out the uh, the beep yeah. machine for, I, for some of that. Highly entertaining, though. Very entertaining. I can't imagine what the locker room was like after that one. But, uh, yeah, Sean Elliott, uh, definitely, definitely a fiery type of guy. Um, we'll move on from this. We'll start looking into what this weekend's going to look like against Vanderbilt. But, as always, it's almost lunchtime. That means there's a delicious... Sub of the day waiting for you at Firehouse Subs. Guys, I don't know when we're going to be back officially for a show at Firehouse Subs, but if it's not soon, we're just going to have to go on our own. Mm-hmm. Field trip. Try a new Thanksgiving turkey sub. You can go try it right now if you want. Carved slices of tender turkey, savory Thanksgiving stuffing. We call it dressing where I come from, <laughs> but either way. Sweet and tart cranberry sauce and mayo served hot on a toasted sub roll. It's limited time only. You can order it right now, $9.99. Go to firehousesubs.com or do what I do. Download the Firehouse Subs app. Either way, you're going to gain these points for every single purchase. If you do it on Monday, you're going to get double the points. Today is what? Wednesday, guys? But order it today, right now. You're still going to earn some points, and it's going to be efficient. You can save your your payment information. You can save your favorites. You can save everything you want. Then it's going to be waiting for you right there on the shelf. It is almost lunchtime, so order right now. FirehouseSubs.com and the Firehouse Subs app. Take a look at the injury report heading into Vanderbilt this weekend. Coming up, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Without a doubt, uh, injury-wise for us, Trey Jones will be out. He will not play this week. Uh, the carry-on joiner uh, will be out this week. Uh, hopefully, we'll get him back soon. And uh, Trey Knox, I would say, is questionable for this week. He did a little bit out there at practice today. And hopefully, he will um, be okay and ready to go uh, also. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. That was Coach Beamer's injury report yesterday as we were halfway through the week getting you closer to the Gamecocks. And the Commodores coming up on Saturday. And you know, with some of the injury reports we had this season, only having two guys listed out, Actually, not too bad, uh, but for the second week in a row, going to be without Trey Jones, and now to carry on Joyner, adding himself to the out list at the running back spot. Yeah, hate that for DK. Obviously, coming down to the end of his career and has kind of been the rotational guy there, kind of backing up Mario Anderson, but was on the field pretty good bit at the same time with Mario this past week. So just hate it for DK. You know, I, I think that means pretty obviously Mario will still be the top guy. Juju McDowell, they've continued. I, I think ever since the Florida game, they have continued to find, I think, a little bit better ways to use Juju than they did mm-hmm. prior. Like, it was more, it was an emphasis, yep. I think you would say. I think DJ Braswell even got a straight carry on Saturday. My man, DJ. One carry and out. I know. I, it was kind of like, 
I couldn't believe it. I was like, is that, is that Braswell? And then he didn't come in the game, I don't think, anymore after that. He did. Well, he's on, uh, he's on kickoff coverage. Well, I mean, on, as far as offense goes. Yeah. Um, but that, that was the first time he's been in on special teams in a while as well, if my tracking is correct, which it better be. And I, I kind of feel, I think he just bounced that. He, that was a high school run. Yeah. He bounced that thing outside. He did. And I think instantly was maybe told, all right, you want to bounce outside? You can bounce on. Bounce back to the bench. To the sideline. But still really like DJ's upside, man. I actually was watching him sprint down the field on, on kickoffs and was like, man, that guy, as we've heard, as we've yeah. said, as we reported, my man can run. So I, I think it's still just a matter of, hey, dude, Follow the flow of the play and where your blockers are trying to take you as opposed to just bouncing it outside. Oh, I'm going to outrun everybody out here. But, yeah, so Braswell would be RB3 in this one. And he did that against Furman, you know. But you, you saw the propensity to bounce it outside. Yes. And I remember having a preseason conversation with Monterio Hardesty, South Carolina's running backs coach, about and, – and it was it was about Braswell, but just in general – you know, how do you balance, you know, letting a guy's talent take over versus, hey, man, there's some steps that we got to take to get there. And the the short version of how he explained it, very short version that I won't explain as well as he did, is there's some steps that you've got to take on a given play, and then you want a guy to be able to have his talent take over. Um, so I think for him, it's just about continuing to get more and more comfortable. And I know Wes and I both heard individually, separately, you know, some different things that do indicate that he's he's coming along, right? I mean, it's hard. You know, we, I think we can think of some instances of guys coming in as freshmen and, and setting the world on fire. It happens sometimes. But to call it typical wouldn't be correct. Um, still a guy that I think has a lot of upside. Maybe we see him, you know, a little bit more down the stretch now. Now, has he played in four games? Has he already exhausted the red shirt? I mean, clearly you don't read my red shirt tracker there. <laughs> I, I read it. I can't remember what his was. <laughs> he... Actually, is only at two. Only at two. Okay. So that he is very much well within the. We can get you in there a couple more times while also maintaining the redshirt status. And I, I think I'm going to come out with an update to that today. But there are several guys. Yeah. That are currently under the four number, but have have played. And sticking with the injury report, he did mention that Trey Knox is. Um, you know, questionable with that hamstring that he suffered against A and M, and again, that's one of those things that can keep you out for a few weeks. Certainly, don't want to bring him too back, bring him back too quick to to reaggravate it. And Josh Simon's obviously done a good job stepping up like he did this past weekend in that you know tight end one kind of role. Um, I think Connor Cox is still under the four as well. Is that correct? He is. Now he is closing in on it. He he may go over because he played on special teams at A and M. I, I need to to go back and again do my numbers for this week. I think he's at three, three games played. I don't think he red shirts. Um, so Chris, I had that. Remember that? So Connor Cox was not a guy that I necessarily had tracked or like circled with this class. Like, oh, you know, sometimes we all have our favorites. Like, man, I really like this guy. I think he's got a chance. Connor Cox was a guy I was kind of just wait and see. Preseason. I kind of was like, you know what? This guy may have been very underrated. And then he was yeah. banged up a little bit. You had a few guys ahead of him. I think that's noteworthy that Connor basically was the number two tight end this past week. 
with Trey Knox out. So, yeah, Josh Simon one, Connor Cox two. That means he's kind of moved up the depth chart even without the injury. And good-looking physical kid, comes from a family of athletes, played in space quite a bit in high school, so he's comfortable doing all that, yet has the size and the frame to play in line and, and do some different things there. They're obviously kind of, I think, being careful with him. They weren't going to roll him out there for 50 snaps this past week. But uh, I think there's some maybe kind of quiet positive signs with Connor Cox right now. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina brought in what ended up being a huge tight end class. I mean, six new guys, really, because you had three transfers, uh, Nick Elksness and and obviously um, you know Josh Simon and Trey Knox, and then you had three high school guys. And um, a couple of those, which also fits with the theme of 2023, a couple of the high school guys have also been banged up, you know. Um, Reed McKeska is a guy that, you know, has gone through some injuries. Con- Connor Cox e- even went through it, even though he's back. Um, and then Cam Sandlin spent some time at running back, you know, back when there were even more depth issues. And my understanding, he's he's back at tight end now. But a couple of those guys have dealt with injuries. But Cox has always been one where, like Wes said, unheralded recruit. But he's someone that the staff really liked in high school, really thought he had a high upside as a blocker. I remember when he got to South Carolina – we heard a lot about him in workouts and just how impressive he was on the workout front. And I think that's shown, you know, a tight end body type is a guy that typically has an opportunity to play for you on special teams. They lost a few of those bodies from last season, um, and he's been able to step in and do some things. And so he he's probably got a chance at South Carolina to outplay that ranking for sure. Uh, getting back to the first thing that he mentioned there about Trey Jones being out, we might actually get a consecutive starting five on the offensive line this week for the first time all season. Maybe. 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 It's Wednesday. A lot can happen between now and then. Well, you know, even, knock on wood. even the group they rolled out there, they had guys hobbling off. Sure. So, um, Wishful thinking. You know, Be- Beamer seemed to indicate, like, Ja'Kai is fine, Case and Henry is fine. Because they went back into the game after leaving on Saturday. Yeah. So, d- are they going to roll with... Vershawn at left guard, which would be a different um, – that would be a different combination. Or do they go back to what we saw at the beginning of the game? Beginning of the game, it was Big Tree at left, Ja'Kai Moore at left guard. Tree at left tackle, obviously. Ja'Kai at left guard, and then Vershawn Lee at right tackle, and then the rest was kind of the same. Right, and we'll see what happens with that starting lineup on Saturday. Noon game out at Williams-Brice Stadium. That means – Take that game in. Hopefully, we're talking about a Gamecocks win come Monday. Then you have the rest of the day to enjoy plenty of great college football action. Michigan, Penn State, Georgia, uh, Ole Miss coming up that night. You want to have the right setup to take in all that great college football action. Yeah, another phenomenal segue by you, Tyler, digging into the Rolodex. And in order to do that, right, you want to make sure you have a great setup. But it's not only about having the setup. It's also about having a great streaming signal, right? Maybe you're taking it outside. It's fire pit season. Maybe you're sitting out on the patio, and you'd want to uh, avoid the dreaded circle of death, right? Maybe you're, you got kids, you got other family members over, they're on their phone, they're on their tablets, and maybe you're a little bit farther away from the house. You don't want to have the buffering signal come up in the middle of a big play, right? You want it to look good, you want it to feel good, and you want it to have a great signal so you can watch all of the action this weekend. Our friends at Integrated Media can help you with that. 803-948-8327. Michael, Nathan, his team, they've been out to my home. They've been to Wes's home. 
They do a phenomenal job. They can do everything from mounting that TV for you if you want it outside, if you want it on your patio, if you want it inside. They can hide all the cords, make it look great, make it look clean, and then make sure that your system and your sound is as good as possible. IntegratedMediaInc.com, 948-8327. We'll hear the latest on Juice Wells from what Coach Beamer had to say yesterday. Coming up, Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Say during the next few weeks and then after the season as well as you know as far as what is the best course of action here for Juice Wells and for the team. So I think that part is important to sort of acknowledge that this could this is still a fluid situation I think is what I'm trying to say Chris. Yeah, and the bigger decisions that you mentioned also have an effect potentially on the smaller decision. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a small decision, right? Whether or not the guy who was going to be your best receiver coming into the year can, can play or not, that would obviously help a lot down the stretch. But the decisions of, you know, what do you do? What's your next step? That could weigh in on, on Juice's end, on South Carolina's end. That could weigh in to what the rest of the year looks like as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, again, we'll believe it when we see it, whenever he takes the field, hopefully so, because that would be, you know, Again, South Carolina has more talent than Vanderbilt this weekend. They should be able to win that game. But when you talk about Kentucky and we talk about Clemson, those are two a little bit more evenly matched games. And especially with Clemson coming off their win against Notre Dame this weekend, that's probably going to lean a little bit more heavily in the favor of the Tigers. But if you were to have a Juice Wells back, giving you that viable threat on the other side with uh, with uh, X obviously playing in his normal spot and hopefully you have the compliment of Miriam Brown, uh, Trey Knox, and everybody else on that offense, that gives you an even better chance to potentially win that game and, of course, get yourself to ball eligibility too. Yeah, for sure, man. And, um, again, lots of decisions to be made. And I think if you're a South Carolina fan, would you rather have Juice Wells back for two games? Would you rather him take it easy right now and be back for, for a full season next year as well. I, I think that's part of the conversation. I think that's part of the thought process. And also the other part, if he were to come back right now, would he be the Juice Wells we saw last year? Or would he be the Juice Wells we saw against North Carolina after really missing all this practice time? Like that rapport... I don't know if you just get it back instantly. And so from from Beamer's own comments, it doesn't sound like Wells is – sounds like he's been moving around but not out there in practice running routes. Yeah. Obviously, we'll uh, keep our eye on that, see what happens over the course of these next couple of weeks. Jump into some recruiting coming up here to wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, a notable name we've kept an eye on for a while, finally announcing his announcement date. That's coming Again. up. Again. <laughs> That's coming up here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on the game. Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game. Mind you, once again, Lower Release Special Teams Touchdown Contest rolls over to another week. $1,000 up for grabs this weekend against Vanderbilt if South Carolina can score a special teams touchdown. Head on over to 1075thegame.com. And register for your chance to win if that touchdown happens. A winner will be announced come Monday morning on the early game with Bill and Preston. If not, that means $1,100 up for grabs the following week against Kentucky for the night game out there at Williams-Brice Stadium. 
Time to talk a little bit of recruiting. One name that we've kept our eye on really throughout the entire summer, waiting for what we thought was going to be a preseason commitment. Changed his mind on that. Daniel Hill, the four-star running back prospect out of Mississippi, has announced when his announcement's going to be. That is at the All-America game. I guess it's no longer the U.S. Army All-American game, but the All-American Bowl uh, on January 6th, broadcast live on NBC. He'll be one of those players that uh, in between um, possessions during the game will go over to the little stage and put a hat on and announce where he's going. Three hats will be on the table. Got Alabama, South Carolina, and Tennessee. And it's it's really been the Gamecocks and, and Alabama that have had the best shot. Tennessee has, has remained in it. But this has been a... F- fascinating recruitment you know he, he originally had the decision date set for august south carolina had all the momentum going into that decision date it's okay to say now because we've already said it multiple times south carolina would have been the pick but then he pushed it back um alabama stayed in the mix he hasn't been to columbia since june for his official visit meanwhile he's been to alabama you have another thing we can talk about because it's been very public. His father has publicly multiple times, multiple places, said that he prefers his son to go to Alabama. On the other hand, Daniel Hill, there's still some pretty encouraging signs in terms of what he's saying behind the scenes. And he gave a quote yesterday to Steve Wiltfong that was quite interesting, Wes. Um, had a couple of the things that kind of went... What school was he talking about there? He said he wanted to go someplace that felt like home in a place where he can be part of a turnaround, which doesn't. You know, maybe that first part's Alabama, but the second part, I don't know if it fits. Well, if you're turning around Alabama, there, that's you're going in the wrong direction, right? Yeah, so, yeah that's uh, that, that'd be uh, that'd be going uh, regressing south. There. Regressing, yeah. yes. The well, and let's be honest, never. Never completely read too much into That's recruits' right. quotes. That's right. Shock the world. At least he didn't say shock the world because then you could yeah, go whoever, ahead and write it whoever off. Whoever the favorite is. <laughs> every recruit that's ever said, I'm going to shock the world, picks the school picks that, the everybody that everybody thought, thought they were going to pick for, for months. But, Chris, what uh, what hat is he going to put on his head at the, at the All-American? We, we don't know Bowl? yet. And, you know, that there's obviously, here's the first part. There's now a long way to go until that. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you've got little under two months, and he's pro- he told me, Daniel did yesterday actually, probably not going to go anywhere for a visit this weekend, but there's just so many things in play. I think it's all the things that I mentioned. You know, you have the time factor. Does anything change between now and then, right? It, um, it's not like he's going to announce and sign tomorrow, you know? He, even if he announced tomorrow for one school, it could change by signing day, and this is pushing it past the early signing day. Dude, if I'm South Carolina, I'm doing everything in my power to get this guy back for that night game against Kentucky. Yep. Clemson atmosphere will probably be really good too, but who knows what time that game's going to be. I'm pulling out all the stops to try to get him back on campus one more time. The case. And so I'm pulling out all the stops on that. Also, the other thing to keep an eye on here, man, so is 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 Danny not an early enrollee guy? I couldn't tell you I, for I sure. I thought at one point he was he was going to be or was thinking Here, about being. Here's so, another thing we've seen. Let me throw this in real quick. The secret sign. We've seen guys sign and not announce until the the All American Bowl or the Under Armour game. If signs and you don't know about it until 
the All-American Bowl. Like, I imagine that would come out at some point, right? Yeah, but it, it's just kind of a sworn to secrecy type thing. I gotcha. I thought nothing was secret in sports anymore. It's hard. Now, do we know if Daniel Hill's a Darude fan? If he can come to the Kentucky game? Because I might push him over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, man, come meet Darude. Hang out. Strobe lights. All nine yards. Like, just saying. Could, could be the difference, huh? Bama doesn't have Darude. <laughs> Could you imagine Darude coming into town like, hey, I know this is your first ever American football game, but there's a 17-year-old who really needs you to convince to come to South Carolina. Will you help us out? Give us, give him your best. Rec- we're not paying you whatever we're paying you to not right. get some recruiting advantages out of it. May as well. Milk him while he's here. Are, y- are y'all going to the Darude concert? Where is it at? Like, where is it going to be set up at? Do we know? Gamecock Park, I think. Right? I think okay. out of sheer fascination, I might have to make my way over there. Just to say that you were there. Curiosity, yes. Uh, our guy Adam Vance over at Sound Image is supposed to be setting up all the lights and stuff. So I heard that. Should be should be a cool show. That means glad, it'll be I'm, a good show. I'm glad it is a night game because that wouldn't hit the same at Would've 11 so a.m. He's like, you guys want me to play when? The daytime now? light show. <laughs> <laughs> they have to get him on the field, I think. Oh, too. absolutely. Got to get him on the sideline. They'll do something, right? First touchdown, he comes up out of the ground. Or does he come out of the cockaboos? And start. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, you're going to people hype before the game. Yeah. I'm saying. And maybe he's a guest DJ also. Sure. DJ was spinning it up the other day for the Jacksonville State game. I mean, that's every game, but it's pretty good. But, but back to Daniel Hill real quick. A lot of South Carolina fans, I sense, Wes, They've kind of written this one off. And and if so, kind of fair. Like, a lot of discouraging signs hadn't been – I laid them all out. Hadn't been back. Dad's comments. He's been to Bama a bunch. I get it. But it's worth keeping an eye on. We certainly will. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show coming up next with myself and Terry Ford as your Wednesday rolls along as we get you closer to the Gamecocks and the Commodores coming up on Saturday. Kickoff at noon right here on the game. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.